0: of time. It's the holiday season. Welcome back to the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. I am Large William. Across the border from me is my dear friend, friend of the North Pole, <laughs> uh, owner of a North a- and Pole. The, and the South Pole. And the South Pole, for that matter. Uh, of course, the Prince of Pennsylvania, who has certainly been nice and not too naughty, I don't suspect. Todd, welcome back, as always.
1: Ho, ho, ho. Happy to be here. <laughs>
0: You got to review one of the films in that voice,
1: though. <laughs> oh man, I get a little grating on everyone after a while.
0: I've uh this is our Christmas episode uh, or holiday episode. I mean, I don't know how PC we want to get, but frankly, you know, it's a holiday Christmas. I mean, we picked two Christmas-themed films. Has there ever been a Hanukkah? We talk about f- horror films based on holidays. Has there ever been a Hanukkah horror film?
1: Ah. Uh, huh. Not that I could think of. I mean, the closest I could think of, as far as like Judaism, might be like, something like Pie.
2: Maybe Darren Aronofsky's
1: Pie, but that's not Christmas or no. uh, that's not holiday seasoning.
0: No. Hmm. Well, maybe there's something. That, I guess there's one called Hanukkah, but imaginatively titled.
1: <laughs> oh, it's in
0: development still. I'll go figure out. Anyway,
1: here's uh, here's my pitch for a uh, Hanukkah movie. It's called Dread Evil. That's yes. a little dreidel. Yeah. That the guy kills everybody with. I'm going to be calling uh, Charles Band after we get off the horn.
0: I think there's a lot of things that could be uh, used or different instruments of death. Yeah, but that, we can more we can roll with it. I think we can roll with mm-hmm. it. Nice. Um, I'm peeling a tangerine. I'm not eating cereal, but uh, damn it, it's you know to keep my vitamin C up this time of year, right? Oh yeah. Uh, so just uh, to pull back the red and green curtains, Sammy's going to be away from the show for a little while longer. He's uh, been working at the North Pole rather diligently. They've had some mechanical failures up there. He's going to stay up there for a few more months and uh, help out the man in red get things back in order for next year. So he'll uh, he'll be dropping in when he's got time. We'll be beaming him in. Via uh, satellite from the North Pole, but uh, until that time, Todder and I are going to be, as Sandy would say, rocking and (laughs) rolling through uh, through each week, Um, and with guests along the way, as we've had uh, from time to time. Um, Somehow, I've gone full screen. Uh, That's why I dropped my tangerine on the keyboard. Tangerine Dream, baby. Tangerine Dream. Oh, I see the Hanukkah poster. It's very similar to the ha- Halloween poster. Oh, no, these are everything the just fan-made. Um, so we're both a little tired. We both went up early, and we both have to get up early. So bear with us if this is a bit of a punchy episode. Um, Todd, let's uh, let's kick it over to you and discuss what you've been watching lately.
1: Uh, I don't know if I talked about this the last time that we uh, we did this, but I did a little rewatch of 1966's The Sword of Doom
0: oh, with Mr.
1: Tatsu and Did I? Mm-hmm. Okay, then we can skip that. But it's an excellent movie, and everybody should see it. Um, I caught. Did I do Turok Son of Stone? Yes, you did. Okay. Uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, you did. Damn it. <laughs> uh <laughs> i'm assuming i did lord of illusions i believe you did okay we'll skip that then lego batman yes okay uh doing that for a review caught an eye for an eye for 1996 uh sally field keifer sutherland
0: i've never seen this
1: uh ed harris it is it's if you liked uh, the brave one uh, the uh, I believe Neil Jordan film with uh, Jodie Foster. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of along the uh, the lines of that, but although it's not nearly as it's like singular rather than being a person uh, who's wronged and then goes out and just becomes a vigilante. She, she focuses on a very specific person, uh, who is Kiefer Sutherland, who is an absolute dirt bag uh, in the film. <laughs> he's played and, some pretty good dirtbags along the way. Oh my hasn't? God! Yeah, he's really he, he's almost man. better as dirtbags. Yeah, yeah, I I almost never believe him as a, a nice guy anymore, um, and that's not to say that he's not a nice guy. But you know, what do I know? Uh, but yeah, no, this was this was a lot better than uh, than anticipated. It's uh, it's well worth a shot. Um, there's some great performances across the board. Uh, Joe Mantegna, uh, Ed Harris. Um, just to name two of the uh, the supporting characters and or supporting uh, actors in this, uh, but it's really nice. You know, she she uh, she has something horrible happen to uh, a family member, and then she just just becomes this um, obsessed and depressive person, and she's trying to find a way out. and it, uh, It's uh, it's exploitive uh, for those who are who are into that, and uh, it also has you know just a, a kick-ass ending. There's there's some really really brutal stuff in this too. Uh, that you wouldn't quite expect out of a uh, Hollywood film, uh, not like this one, uh, for, or at least I should say one that would uh, one with Sally Field in it, because you don't really associate her, you know, automatically with the with this sort of thing. Um, but yeah, she uh, she does a really good job. It's a, it's a really solid movie. I'd recommend it. Nice. Uh, and aside from that, uh, the only other thing is a rewatch of <laughs> 1971's Octoman, uh, which was I believe one of the first, if not the first. Um, full uh, creature costume that uh, Rick Baker worked on. 1971, uh, the, all the way
0: that yeah. far back, eh?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, along with Bud Westmore, um, and that's really the only reason to watch this thing because uh, it's it's really dry. Uh, it oh, is. Boy. Yeah, it's uh, it's basically a um, a ripoff of uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, who I believe the director Harry Essex, I want to say. Uh, was involved with the uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. I believe he may have been the writer, uh, although off the top of my head, I'm not 100% on that. Uh, but that's – ooh, here. ooh. Um, he's up play, here. He's played a little different tune these days.
0: You know, a little more uh, tubular, bellsy, Yeah, little Yeah. More right? festive. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's basically uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, but like down Mexico way. Um, with Kerwin Matthews is in it and that's about, uh, well, you might recognize Buck Cartalion in it. Um, but other than that, an
0: amazing name,
1: Ken, uh, he's, he's really one of my favorite character actors, you know, that Jim Cotta, the, uh, the monster squad series, please don't eat my mother, all this uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's, he's really, uh, he's just an interesting, interesting guy. Uh, just even just the, the look of him and the way that he enunciates everything. I love him. Um, but yeah, no, this is, uh, it's really yeah much more dull than, than I had remembered. Unfortunately, um, I still love the uh, the costume even though it is really bargain basement. Uh, even for Rick Baker, you, you look at it and you, you do not see uh, you do not see his, uh, his future um, future brilliance in this thing. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean if you' if you want something to put on in the background while you're you know doing whatever, Folding laundry, and you don't really need to pay attention to anything. Uh, you can put this on, um, and yeah, that's that's all I got, man. Kick it over to you.
0: I think we had kind of a shit, a shit. Oh, yikes! Uh, we had a few of those. Uh, we had, <laughs> you know, Buck Cartalian lived to be ninety-three. Did he really? Yeah, he, that really does sound like uh, the name of like a, a a heroic space pirate. Yeah, right, Buck Cartalian. Yeah, ninety-three years old. He was Julius in the original Planet of the Apes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, very cool. He's got yeah, most some, uh, most people, yeah, most people in the genre cinnamon will uh, remember him first from Jim uh, Cotta.
0: Yeah, Jim Cotta. He's,
1: he's the king of uh, Parmesan or whatever.
0: Oh, parmesan, and yeah. uh, I, I like to think that I'm the king of Parmesan. But who uh... <laughs> you are, <laughs> man? How have we not covered Jim Cotta? Like that seemed like it was going to be
1: yeah, right? single-digit
0: episodes. Jim Cotta's is getting covered. It's so
1: I've been so... saving that. I've been saving that on my DVR Save just to it do with you guys. All my
0: love for you. <laughs> oh, We're gonna have uh, to sp- do that one soon, man
1: yeah right i did incredible. i wrote it down i wrote it down to, to put on the roadmap, I just
0: so i know it. i don't forget it but, on my inner yeah,
1: thigh across my heart Ooh. yeah <laughs> yeah i hope he shave first
0: it's
1: stubble <laughs> that's right
0: stubbly that's right.
1: bubbly
0: stubbly bubbly i haven't watched a ton kel surprise um uh, busy with christmas concerts and christmas markets and all sorts of christmasy stuff um few things I have watched naturally were festive just as I've said and it's gonna be a recurring theme um, it's hard to find time to watch a lot of films right now um, working more of a non conventional 9 to 5e e schedule um, through the week by the time I go to the gym and come home usually I'm pretty tired you know I do a little bit of reading and monkeying around on Instagram or something and and then the weekends the kids are up right so yep. uh, it's difficult to watch stuff but then again you know it does open some doors for them to watch some cool stuff like williams William really wants to watch future world now um, <laughs> <I obviously laughs> did, you, did, it.
1: did you tell him to be prepared for uh, disappointment?
0: I didn't. Uh, I think it's a life lesson for him to experience. That's
1: true. you gotta, Yeah. got to do these things firsthand.
0: He's really wanted to watch um, the Planet of the Apes, like the original series for some time, which which is kind of cool to me.
1: That would be cool. Yeah. That would be really nice.
0: Yeah, no, I think it would be cool. I felt like we saw something in the theater somewhat recently, though. Um, I, I can't recall what it was. No, what was it? Mm. We'll have to look here. But we did watch uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. Nice i talk about this probably every time uh, go ahead and i wasn't gonna say anything i was gonna say i talk about this every time i talk about charlie brown but it's so bizarre to me that when we watch charlie brown um i don't think did i ever talk about coco on the show watching coco with the family
1: uh i don't recall it no
0: well Coco's quite good. Uh, I don't love it, um, but I did quite like it. And, oh, I did, because I talked about representation in cinema, right? Cultural and otherwise. I think I did. Um, But, uh, yeah, Charlie Brown, I'm always. I always find it an interesting conversation to talk about how cruel all the children are, for the most part, to Charlie Brown. Oh, yeah. And how he just gets shit on over and over and over again. He gets rocks. (laughs) For Halloween, he gets mocked mercilessly for his choice in Christmas trees. Uh, I guess resiliency of uh, the melancholy man. Uh, I don't
1: know. He can't fly a kite or kick a ball, for that matter.
0: He can't. He can't. Every the 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 world conspires
1: against Charlie Brown. It
0: does. It really does.
1: For anybody who's into comics, if you ever want to check out a really, really cool, uh, very, very dirty. <laughs> uh, parody or satire or whatever of uh, of Charlie Brown, there was a uh, a two issue miniseries that I think was done by uh, Rick Veitch back in the eighties called uh, Bedlam, and I think it was in the second issue he did this thing uh, and it was called Charlie Bran, and uh, it's just you have to see it to believe it. It's just if you think he gets shit on in those in all the specials in the comic strip and all that you haven't seen nothing
0: he literally gets shit on in this
1: just about yeah Man. he gets he gets his nuts kicked in like left right and center it is one of the best things i ever read uh, as far as that kind of thing goes
0: that's insane i remember peanuts P- you know p-e-a i think n-u-s they spell it and linus is whipping off clothes with his towel and I remember say <laughs> yeah i think when i was a kid one of my friends like the kid i say like 11 12 right that mischievous age a friend of mine his his dad had a lot of that stuff he had a red cactus uh growing out of uh as a as a dick and you know, like a a planter and you know one of those guys you know he had a stash of, of interesting stuff um yeah. but uh yeah peanuts um
1: did uh, have your kids ever done emma uh, daughter
0: yeah you know what we did Emma daughter maybe two three years ago i like emma daughter but i gotta be honest
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh i don't love it hmm. I don't love it I, I don't know I honestly right.
1: I haven't I haven't watched it probably since I was a kid so I'm not hundred percent sure but I could I could certainly see there's it, it's uh, pretty a, saggy. A certain, a, yeah it's a, it's a certain rustic quality yeah uh, archaically rustic quality to it there is um, there definitely is and I think that that's you know that's also very intentional on Henson's part uh, so I mean you kind of have to either be with it or you know it, it's not really gonna work for you but I I, I could see it yeah I could see uh saying that it's saggy. It is
0: saggy, and it's unfortunate because, you know, it pointed to the craft of of the puppetry and what have you um, mm-hmm. to the kids. And then they appreciate that. But um, doing the Muppet Christmas Carol was far more, I think, engaging for them, which we got to do. There's just not enough time even to watch all the Christmas. I, I want to watch... Um, Batman Returns with them and Gremlins with them yeah. and you know those are two that I try to squeeze in every year this sort of kid friendly left field programming um, we always do Pee Wee's Christmas special which is a nice segue for me um, which I love and I, every year I talk about how inclusive that one is and <laughs> and how cool it is and how genius Pee Wee is uh, it's on Netflix and HD so um, I was laughing with uh, Matt Suzaka's wife about how their daughter loves when Grace Jones comes on to sing Little Drummer Boy and Uh, my youngest actually likes that as well um it's it's a joy to watch it's it's a lot of fun uh and yeah i think all of uh the PB stuff's on um netflix now so that's very cool
1: nice yeah Uh,
0: um so yeah uh not i don't think there's anything else i've watched off the top of my head do you have any festive movies that you try i know i don't i don't know that i would Characters, he was uh, the kind of maybe sit down and watch a lot of them. Do you have any that you you enjoy to watch? You try to watch every uh, every Christmas.
1: Uh, no no no. Uh, yeah, I never really I've never gone into uh, the whole watching things because it's a, a certain holiday coming around. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I'm Anti. necessarily against it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's just it just for me that just feels like you know one more task that i have to do one more job
0: stacking some uh, on
1: yeah exactly so i just I, I just just whatever's in the pile is what i watch um i mean if the opportunity came up for me to watch something with like my goddaughter or whatever then yeah i would absolutely do that uh and especially around this time of year and you know for for halloween and that when she understands a little bit more about that whole that whole festivity um but generally speaking, no. Uh, just like I don't, you know, when uh, when somebody passes away or whatever, I don't really do like a marathon of their their films or anything like that. I just don't.
0: Right. No, no, and that's fair. I I, I don't I don't know. As I've gotten older, I find myself falling into that trap more and more. But um.
1: Geez, what the wrong. trap of doing it or not. Of doing,
0: doing it. it, yeah. Mm, of doing okay. It. You know, not so much the the marathon when someone dies, but the festive stuff. But again, having kids, I think. Um, by design things become more festive right so it's it's a way for me to kind of share my love of something and be festive at the same time so sure Sure. i guess that's what that is but uh, yeah so that's uh that's we've been watching out a whole heck of a lot we're gonna take a short break we're gonna come back and did we even talk about fucking amateur hour Did we even talk about what we're reviewing this week? I don't think we did.
1: Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say no.
0: We did not, so let's talk about that. Uh, Two films, Christmas films, which I don't think we've ever done on the show as far as that goes. Um, But we decided to do something a little more festive this time of year. Uh, First film we're going to talk about is 1980's uh, Christmas Evil, a.k.a. You Better Watch Out, um, which will be very interesting to talk about. And then, of course... uh, a film that sort of, you know, as far as um, GGTMC Trivia Pursuit, I think might be the first or the second film that's ever been sort of reviewed twice on the show. Um, Elves 1989, uh, starring Dan Haggerty. This was reviewed by the two Matts, or the Carl, sorry, Carl and Matt, uh, on a bonus episode some time ago. So uh, this one's come back around. It's too... And Haggerty's beard can't keep a good beard down, right? So. Oh yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, we'll be talking about that as oh, well.
1: And uh, and before I, I forget, I need to amend uh, what I said about that Bedlam comic. Uh, one thing is that the, the story is called Nut Peas. Um, Nut Peas. And yeah, and the other thing is it's not just Rick Beach; it's also uh, Steve Bissett. So for all you Steve Bissett fans out there.
0: Nice, nice. Quick question: Do you have a favorite uh, Halloween horror movie? Without spoiling anything, or no? Halloween, uh, uh, Christmas horror movie.
1: Halloween, Christmas, no, no, no Christmas, uh, Christmas, I'll, Christmas. I'll be perfectly. I'll be. Well, we'll get into it. We can get into it on the. Let's evening.
0: get into that. Now. We'll catch you all on the flip side. We will be right back. Love, oh, Merry Christmas. listening. It's 1980's You Better Watch Out, or Christmas Evil, aka You Better Watch Out, um, directed by Lewis Jackson. Um, Do you want to lead on this? Do you want me to lead on what's good for you?
1: Uh, I could if you want. It's okay. Either way.
0: Also an this one. Uh, A toy factory worker mentally scarred as a child upon learning Santa Claus is not real. It's a lie, right there. Uh, suffers a nervous breakdown after being belittled at work and embarks on a Yuletide killing spree. I don't know how accurate that is. I don't think. I think that makes it a little too clean standard. and concise and standard. Yeah. I think there's a lot more going on uh, with this film than that. But um, why don't I kick it over to my esteemed colleague for some uh, knowledge on this one?
1: righty. Um, let's see, Uh, this thing is not, well, I'll I'll start it off this way, Uh, I don't know why it's called Christmas Evil, Um, it's not uh, a standard slasher film, it's not a supernatural uh, horror film, it's not uh, anything that has anything really to do with horror, it's more of a psychological character study uh, than it is anything else, and... Uh, if anything I mean yes there is there are uh, there are murders and they're actually pretty uh, pretty juicy and fun uh, all things uh-huh. being equal um, but at the same time it, the film is not about that really no uh, you know it's not that it's not that he's you know running around and he just snaps and, and starts you know whacking people I almost said whacking people off but that might get a little a little
0: um, ooh. Uh, the leg nog especially
1: in that <laughs> wool suit everybody
0: oh man
1: uh, but uh, yeah, no, this thing has a, a really interesting opening uh, with the night before Christmas. There's a great shot of the uh, the kids, you know, sitting there uh, behind the banister, and there's these lights flashing uh, as they watch uh, Santa Claus come down the chimney and do his thing. And uh, what we find out is, uh, this film is yet another in the the long list of movies. Uh, that is uh, proof against seeing your parents getting it on will turn you into a killer. I should say proof for, my bad, Uh, will turn you into a, uh, will kind of unhinge you. Uh, Dario Argeno, um, you know, certainly is uh, laughing somewhere. Oh, Um, yeah. But uh, the character of uh, uh, Harry, Harry Stadling, is the main character, played by Brandon Maggart, uh, and he's really a very aw shucks kind of quality that he does. And one of that's one of the first things that'll stand out to you uh, is that this thing takes a little bit of getting used to, because just about everything is overplayed Mm -hmm. uh, in the film as far as uh, acting wise, Um, and it's. uh, it's really interesting to see how it goes from there because you, you kind of have to, you do have to give yourself over to it. And speaking of acting, uh, this thing has just a, about a rogues gallery of, uh, character actors across the board here, mm-hmm. uh, people that you would recognize the minute that you see them, although you might not recognize names like, um, Mark Margolis, uh, Patricia Richardson, uh, who you would recognize, um, uh, Pete Friedman, uh, Jeffrey Ray DeMond. Barry, Jeffrey Damon, yeah, uh, Bill Raymond, um, uh, Ratania Alda uh, of all people, um, but yeah, it's it just uh, it's one of those things that uh, that you pick up. Uh, Harry does this thing where, uh, and Jackson actually you know plays this well with harry has this uh fascination with the kids in the neighborhood uh where he's watching them and it feels creepy uh but at the same time it feels very innocent because we've already had an insight into uh harry and the way that he you know believes he keeps a, a naughty list and a nice list of uh kids and he writes down everything everything that they say or every i'm sorry everything that they um that they do uh, like the one kid you know he picks his nose and Harry writes that down and this is also the kid who loves Penthouse Magazine
0: this is Ross Garcia isn't
1: it that's yes it is Man, Ross he Garcia.
0: Fucking, he's got it in for Ross Garcia that <laughs> dude nine. does no right in his that's, eyes
1: that actually was one of the best the best scenes in the film uh, is what he does to Moss uh, and it, because it's not it's not overtly violent but it is really kind of chilling uh, mm-hmm. that he would think of this, and the way that he he plays it out, oh, and the Moss,
0: effect Moss, I said Ross. It. My bad.
1: Yeah, that's her.
0: Who name's um, her kid Moss.
1: I have no idea. Uh, well, Patricia Richardson apparently. Oh, Patricia Richardson. Who, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah um, that's a
0: great little scene uh, that that unfolds with them. Really great scene.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, it, and that's really one of the you know one of the things that stands out in this movie is that. For a lot of it, it, kind of it kind of teeter totters um, between this really like arch kind of almost goofy uh, feeling, but then these there's these really almost you know uh, brilliant pieces uh, where Jackson is using making great use of uh, not only the uh, his composition but uh, the lighting and that there's some great shadow work uh, going on in a lot of oh these, there's these a lot shots. throughout yeah. the film and it really really uh, it really really brings home the uh, the whole thing going on inside of uh, Harry's mind. Um it has a, a cop subplot that goes absolutely nowhere.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh which is one of the one of the failings of the film I think is that that sort of thing it just kind of brings it up and then, you know, drops it. We have them we have them talking but they don't really go anywhere. It uh, it doesn't move anything. It doesn't uh work any way towards the uh, the ending. Um Harry works at the uh, the Jolly Dream Factory, and I got to say this about that. I don't think that I would want a single toy that came out of the Jolly Dream Factory. No. Because these are like these are like the, are like the uh, if anybody remembers the uh, the Seinfeld episode, uh, the Army Pete kind of um, toys that you would get. There's just kind of these big hunks of plastic. Oh yeah, uh, you can ass. Yeah, you can tell they're like the the dollar ninety nine jobbers yep. uh, that you pick up at like the uh, dollar the, sure. The five and Dime. Remember oh, yeah. Five and Dimes? Ooh, yep. yeah. mm. um, uh Harry uh, plays everything really earnest and he uh, the guy at Maggart um, he does a really good job of uh, playing the pot that's getting ready to boil over. He does. Uh, let's see. Doo, 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 doo. I oh think... yeah. Go ahead. Go
0: ahead. No, no. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: Uh, I was just going to say uh, you know People in this movie don't really think at all about their kids coming downstairs, you know, when they no. want to be having alone time, because it happens a couple of times in there. Not only at the beginning, but uh, there's another there's another little thing there later on.
0: Yeah, no, they're they're definitely uh, they're definitely. Not, uh, I think Magger does a really good job, um, because this is a bit of a tightrope walk for us. Um, while the police stuff is a misstep for me, it's just kind of filler and mm-hmm. it's almost token. Um, The character that we're given, I always tell people this film is kind of like the, and I'm not disparaging this film by saying this, but I feel like it's the, the working class man's Christmas version of Maniac in some ways. Okay. I mean, in some ways, a uh, taxi driver is another one that gets sort of bandied about quite a bit. Um, you know, the isolated loner, mental health issues inside yeah. his mind. I think there's a sympathetic eye for the mental illness aspect. Yeah. This is more concerned well, with being a character study and the ripple effects emotionally of what happens or what he sees as a youngster uh, than it is about a body count.
1: It's absolutely. And, you know, even though uh, i you know I, I do agree with everything you just said although you do have to forgive a lot you do uh in this film in order to get to that meat you know what i'm saying
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, because there's a lot about this that's really kind of if you stop for even a second to really kind of think it through you're like well, what the hell why that makes no sense why this would happen or why he would you know be this scarred over this one thing or you know that that kind of thing um so you you can't you can't really well you could do that with this film and I don't think it would I don't think it really ruins anything about the, the film mm, overall. No. By the time you get to by the time you get to by the time you actually get into seeing where Jackson's going with it, um, I think that at that point you're you're fully in because I I'll, I'll be perfectly honest it took me a while uh, to get into this thing and to really you know just. Figure out exactly what Jackson was going for because at first it, it does come off kind of kind of uh, boilerplatey and and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So it, it does take a little bit of uh, it does take a little bit of getting used to, but it does reward uh, down the road once you get past that. Um, uh, everybody, oh yeah, every single character in this lets Harry get to them way too much. Um, yeah. Like everybody, he just he, for absolutely no reason at all uh, they get pissed off whenever they even talk about them. Um, and it's, you know, it's one of those things where I think we've all had that person in our lives who, who does that. Like the, the mere thought of them, you know, just kind of is like, Ugh, you know, just start wanting to yeah. put I a think- hole in a wall. But uh, at the same time, I, I mean, <laughs> again these these guys go a little bit to the uh, to the extreme and that sort of thing
0: they do but i think we also have to look at it from the perspective of someone who's had him in their life for a number of years right and then he's been banging that drum for a sure. number of years so i sure think sure based on that i think i'm willing to accept how um how much they bemoan having to sort of tolerate him and his eccentricities
1: yeah. well yeah i mean perfect example there's a guy at work who's like a flat earther and all this kind of shit and <laughs> oh my god yeah nice guy i like him he's <laughs> helpful he's friendly but holy fuck when he corners you and he wants to start talking about this stuff i just want to oh, strangle him um oh there's some uh, there's some really light, nice uh, local color shots uh, throughout the film some kind of documentary style stuff especially with the um the parade and all that sort of thing yeah uh and by the way i'm saying that sort of thing way too much in this review so i apologize uh, but what are you That's gonna do? okay um let's see here oh <laughs> harry's got that nondescript santa van
0: <laughs>
1: that he tilts around in i mean he might as well have the gran torino from uh, starsky and hutch for <laughs> uh, for what it's worth because man that thing just is a sore fucking thumb <laughs> and he really should have talked to, you know, somebody like Boris Vallejo or Frank Frazetta about putting something on the side of it because
0: you'd think something a little more majestic and less yeah. cheesy.
1: Yeah, yeah, right? Um, you got the uh, there's a great, you know, well, there's the yuppie scum uh, scene outside the church which is uh, Oh yeah. It's pretty satisfying. Uh, I got to say and yeah. it also it also is the the big turning point uh, in the film. Um for Harry and a whole lot of other things. Uh, I think that the film does a really good job compelling you along, uh, with Harry's uh, schizophrenia for lack of a better term. Sure. Um, it's almost like the way that I thought of it was um it was almost like the uh the classic Grim Brothers sort of version of Santa. Uh you know how you know, before they got kind of sanitized their stuff was really, you know, brutal and violent and nasty and all this other stuff. Uh, and to me, that was almost like this film, this story. Uh, that was one of the things that I thought of when I was watching it. Um, <laughs> you get a uh, confounded by chimney scene.
0: Yeah, it uh, does the yeah, ever. Yeah, that's no, uh,
1: no nets, but a chimney, buddy.
0: Man, you know he. You know if that's one of those things. You know you dream about, or he certainly has daydreamed about that moment, mm-hmm. and that thing went pear shaped for him pretty fucking quick. Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) really So did he. So did he, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, big time, man.
1: Big, big time. Um, I have... uh, Why did I write this? Uh, There's decent effects work with the soundtrack.
0: Oh, the soundtrack, I think, is pretty evocative. Um, I think it does a good job conveying sort of an off-kilter, warbly kind of...
1: That's what it was. A funhouse
0: mirror kind of broken... You know, it, there's something, like, there's some awesome synthy kind of stuff too that works yeah. pretty well. It's a bit moody and dark. I, I think overall the score is pretty effective considering the budget for the film was around $450,000. I, I think the technical aspects were all really, really superb for
1: my yep. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you get an actual torch wielding mob, which is one of the oh, yeah. last things you'd see uh, in something set in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, they literally grab a bunch of torches and and go for it and that again is is one of the things that led me back to the whole Grim Brothers thing that old school kind of um Yes. Story and uh, and the way that it's uh, the way it's meant to play out. That to uh, me,
0: you know what that reminded me of straight. It reminded me very <laughs> sort of Germanic, like very Fritz Long Yes. Yeah, um,
1: James Whale. Yeah. James
0: All Whale. That. The shadows. A shot low to the ground. Yep. Yep. It really felt like uh, you know some of the German stuff in that in that time frame.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Harry does a leap into a pile of garbage for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Which oh, I yeah. just – I love that moment. Oh, yeah. It just comes out of left field. He takes a dive and boom, hits it. Um, <laughs> it's got a uh, – oh, uh, one of the things that uh, that uh, I would have liked more of was a little bit more development between the brothers. Yeah, I think there um, was some,
0: some good meat in the bone there that they kind of ignored at times.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they, I mean they just pretty much – they kept them at, uh, at a distance – and it just allows it to play out to the point that uh, by the time we get a certain moment uh, late in the film, I, it doesn't quite hit like it could have if we'd have gotten a little more uh, more of the uh, shading of exactly you know these two guys and, and how they've been dealing with each other. I mean, we get the generals. we get the different shorthand.
0: Ideas.
1: Sure, yeah, but that's all it is. And so it doesn't really pay off quite like it could. Um, but the film does have a fitting ending and it's one of those really great ones that I think you could take several ways oh, yeah. um, you could you could take it literally although that would just be absolutely bizarre <laughs> uh, but so I mean, ridiculous. yeah it, it's much much more um, uh, easy to uh, to say that it's uh, you know metaphorical uh, and it works beautifully in that in that uh, in that way Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I was, uh, I was, you know, I was impressed with this thing uh, more than I, I anticipated being because, I mean, like I said, I was expecting something very, very along the lines of Silent Night, Deadly Night or, or that sort of thing, but uh, not so much. It, uh, it's actually come together really nicely, uh, and it's a, a damn fine piece of work from Jackson who I, I don't think did a ton of stuff. I think he made maybe three movies he directed. Um,
0: yeah, he didn't yeah. do a whole lot, which is too bad, I think. You get someone sort of an interesting patient voice, 1980. You know, it's a really good time um, as far as patient genre cinema. Mm-hmm. You know, if this one had been more obscure, it's almost like the that American horror set that Arrow put out. Like I could have seen it fitting on there, just the way it deals with some certainly more mature or more kind of grown-up stuff, or more nuance than. A lot of other horror films through the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much, uh, that's pretty much all that I have on this one, then.
0: His, ironically, since I'm speaking to you, his film before this was called The Transformation, A yes. Sandwich of Nightmares.
1: Yes, I, the Earl of yeah. Sandwich. <laughs> I wonder if it comes with chips. I wonder. That's if got a really it nice it poster, is. I gotta say.
0: It does, but both of well, them.
1: looks, both looks like, uh, like an Al Jaffe or, uh, yeah. Uh, what was his name, Berg, who did a lot of work on uh, the lighter side of in Mad Magazine. Yeah, I was oh, about to say remember? Mad.
0: Yeah, yeah. I can't think. It escapes me. That's why I was leaving at some Mad stuff tonight actually. That's funny. Um, but yeah, no. it uh, begins where Truffaut's Day for Night ends.
1: Yeah. That's funny. If that's not a come on, I don't know what is. Well, I love uh, Truffaut's Day for Night, so that's,
0: yeah. Yeah, I oh, know for sure, man. Well, it's funny because even with... What's his first from the deviates? I don't know what it is. doesn't really have much information on that. It's a sex film though, softcore, yep. interesting. Um, but really, so two feature-length films, and you know, you look at a situation where the guy's got something to say and he didn't get a chance to say it very much, which is a shame, as yeah. I was saying. Yeah. Um, well,
1: I think, it's, I think it's going back uh, to you Kelly. know, you said the the uh, the two films before this were both are, are sex films, uh, and you know, it's very very interesting. From that time period when uh, you would see guys coming about you know from that arena uh into making movies you know genre pictures and even beyond that uh guys like you know wes craven who made porn and all that other stuff so it's oh, yeah. really cool I, you know it's, it's interesting to see how that it was almost like a uh the the sex movie industry at that time was almost like a roger corman kind of uh factory for uh for some voices not not a tremendous amount but enough that uh, it's noticeable I'm, I'm kind of surprised that people don't really talk about that as much as uh, as they do about Corbin. maybe because Corbin is a singular person and the you know the other thing is
0: industry a little
1: more, yeah, it's a little more um, general. Yeah.
0: yeah, no, absolutely.
1: But um, just an interesting little point.
0: No, no, that's fair. Um, anything else? No no, ones? sir. I'm good. Okay. Um, so John Waters, uh, this is his favorite Christmas movie, which immediately is a really strong selling point. I believe Severin has the blu ray out for this. I believe they do, anyway. Uh, it does have a Blu-ray release. There's a John Waters commentary, which is worth the price of uh, admission alone, I would gather. I'm really going to get this disc. I don't know how. I don't own it. Um, Lewis Jackson, we just spoke about. Christmas 1947 is the opening. It does feel a bit Argento deep-ready. Um, and, I, you know, you have to wonder, like was this song, was, was sort of the genesis of this film uh, a, a listening, you know... Um, what's the word I'm looking for uh, a listen or, or Jackson in his vehicle or something and, and I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus came on the radio mm-hmm. because I had a sort of in retrospect a very silly and obvious epiphany one day about the song and about the meaning of the song mm-hmm. um, and uh, just you know you have to wonder if maybe that's where it came from but
1: uh, it's it's a good possibility um. Likewise, I mean, like you said with the uh, with Argento, it very well could have been that if this guy was uh, you know, kind of tolling around 42nd Street or whatever and that happened to be playing, the two might have lined up. It I don't know. It's a possibility.
0: Very well have it. There's even like the Snow Globe. I mean, if you want to right
1: play thing. Fantasy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: Snow Globe, right? Which is something similar. Something falls in Deep... I can't remember Deep Red right, or something, but... Um,
1: well, I think it was a knife in deep red falls on the.
0: Floor. It was the knife that falls? On the floor. I want to say a little different than, but it kind of got that vibe for sure. Um, the editor's name is Corky O'Hara. That's worth mentioning. <laughs> uh, um, I think too. One of the things I really love about this film is something that, like they said, uh, stuff like was it the witch who came from the sea? I think, and a lot of that series of films that was on that American horror set from Arrow. Um, had was sort of the ripple effect with children that are now grown ups as far as uh, domestic anxieties, uh, familial situations, divorce, depression. Mental health was on much sort of larger, there's a spotlight put on it a much larger in a much larger way. Um, through the mid '70s and into the early '80s, much more overt. Much more yeah. overt. There was an, a bit more of an emotional honesty, I think, yes. and a sympathetic eye towards uh, the plight of of those that lacked. A, uh, they were in need of mental health treatment, um, and I, I again, I think it's it, it, the film does a wonderful job with it. Um, even just little touches the Jackson employs, because the film at times, when we're kind of left alone. Uh, with our lead I mean we really do get that it does feel very dreamy in spots
1: yes yeah.
0: Um, yeah you know you can tell this is a guy you know loner very solitary life um,
1: very within, within a, his own mind within
0: his own mind a lot of daydreaming there's really not other than his brother there's not really much in the way of legitimate sort of engagement with um, with other characters uh, you know uh, that's that's um has an emotional payoff for our lead um what else do we got here oh you know another one too that perhaps a little reminder Peeping Tom
1: yeah
0: of course as well Uh, but then again that I think was more of a that was a consistent lifestyle choice versus someone going over the breaking point um Mm
1: -hmm. it's
0: a little different but um, yeah well
1: yeah Peeping Tom much more psycho than
0: uh, much more mm -hmm. much more Garcia um what else uh we talked about voyeurism Mm -hmm. shadows again great use of shadows and just it really the thing that struck me the first time i watched this film was what a sad kind of lonely film it is and how in a lot of ways uh harry the character Harry, is chasing a ghost right um uh
1: yeah no i could see that um yeah, he's uh he's ch- well he's chasing something that died uh, on a night in his childhood. Yeah, yeah. Which
0: some people it's do. Gone. Some people find themselves. A lot of people lament the well, loss I, of their. I think,
1: yeah, I, I. I think that everybody has, at least one thing, that they are obsessive about, and it really you know, it's that kind of thing where. This is something which could become an unhealthy thing, like it does for Harry. Um, most people learn how to deal with it in you know a uh, uh, socially acceptable and certainly less uh, violent way than uh, than Harry does but you know I, you know everybody's got one thing at least and uh, this is Harry's
0: this is Harry's but it's also I think sometimes there's that moment I really love that moment when just uh, as a child at his age he just you can't emotionally process what he's seeing
1: yeah 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 yeah.
0: And yeah. that stuff's very fascinating in film because it just you're not equipped you, there's no way your mind can start to comprehend Santa's you know rubbing his hands up my mother's thigh and it yeah, just yeah. you know
1: and I think I think that's why we get the the mirror scene of that later on mm-hmm. with another couple and the you know the kid walks in um because I think that you know you're kind of seeing another possible Harry coming along the way yeah uh, and I think that you know, this is this is what we you know, I, I think that, well, I don't know. I think that we see at least a little bit of ourselves in Harry um, sure. I think because so. of, you know, what I was saying before. And then, you know, just in general, um, we all have, you know, that kind of disappointment that uh, that kind of that that thing where uh, you find out that, that that something you believe for however long is just not true at all. Uh, and sometimes you find out about it softly and sometimes not so softly. This was you know, a little bit less.
0: Well, and the thing of it is, too, I think that a lot of times when we're very tender of heart, it really hurts to have those things taken away from you. And
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. people have varying degrees of acceptance at the loss of things in their life. Um, mm-hmm. I have two sons, nine and seven, who at some point are going to really be asking hard questions. Um, and I don't look forward to that because it's it's. Well, I mean, there's, certain, there's certain, certain something that goes with that, right? So, yeah.
1: Um, but well, currently, currently, all you got to worry about is uh, whether they can watch the uh, the Russ Meyer box set.
0: Precisely. Well, that's I'm telling you, they're gonna. I know they're gonna be making moves on that pretty soon, <laughs> man. Um, they'll they'll often say to me, William wanted to watch this with me. I said, No, 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 you can't. It's just you're not going to like it. it's it's yeah. not, it, just, it would just go over his head, you know. Sure. Um, You'd hey, yeah. be better served to watch something like rare exports or something. Um, but uh, burr, 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 burr. What else?
1: yeah, this would be a little bit too dry for somebody that young.
0: Oh, big time. Um, I just I like how he's sort of a functioning um, someone who's sort of has major psychological issues, but he's a functioning member of society. Mm-hmm. I think I just feel like the portrayal is relatively realistic. Like it's not like he has. Um, some macabre kind of seven esque Fincher room that's just a yeah. house of horrors.
1: Well, it comes a little bit close. A little with, bit you know, the with the doll, shrine
0: with the dolls. dolls. The dolls. The, yeah. But it, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's sort of turned up to eleven. It's
1: no, no, because it's very it's know. very sparse. It's not it's not wall to wall. It's no. not like you know. It's got a it's few comfort like like a, pieces, right? Yeah. A
0: few comfort yeah. pieces, and I think they do a good job with you said schizophrenia, and this might sound like overpraise, but a little bit the burden of 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 mental health problems I think is, is conveyed relatively well much in the way that clean shaven uh, does the same. You feel the weight of the mental health issues. Right. So I mean, for me that worked quite well. Um, there's a lot of kind of off kilter shots, which are good. Yeah. We kind of spoke about even outside of the back end of film and stuff early on when he's looking at himself or he's got the shaving came on like a beard. It's very childlike. Yep. Um, it's, the editing is really well done. Uh, it's a quirky uh, Corky O'Hara. I give it to Corky. Uh, and I think just too, it starts to feel a bit feverish as the film goes on, right? Once once the ball starts rolling,
1: yeah,
0: it really yeah. starts to feel like it's it's.
1: Uh, well, it becomes much more frantic.
0: It does, it does. Um, I like the small touch. I like the classic Santa suit he's wearing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: With the mm-hmm. longer one, it's much more of a traditional one. Um, and I like this sort of, as much as we joked about um, the gong show that was him trying to get into that uh, Chimney it just <laughs> it, it's a real world application that I think it's I really love that scene because it's so absurd and it's not played for laughs but I just think no. it's it's like when you see a really kind of sloppy fist fight in a film you can sometimes admire that because it's not overly choreographed or slick it just feels clumsy and very real
1: yes yeah yeah yeah. um what else and one thing we forgot to well i don't know if we really we really got into is that you know for how focused this is on the damage uh there are several moments of brightness in uh in what harry does yeah and that's very Mm. very very important to uh to how this film works very much uh, so. Because I mean, like I said before, it's not your standard. It's not your standard thing. So you, I mean, they take the time, and they take enough time uh, to show you the good and the bad, the naughty and the nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's it's. I don't know that a lot of other folks would have uh, would have really taken that track, and they would have always had some kind of uh, menace lurking in the scenes that are brighter. And he doesn't do that. Jackson doesn't do that. He just lets them happen. He lets these moments happen, and they're you know they're good moments and they're good moments for Harry. And it makes it all the more you know tragic the sort of situation that he's in, um, you know, mentally and and now physically.
0: Well, I think the stuff that that stuff really immerses him into the world and, and fall to fall down the rabbit hole much deeper. Um, and it does do better to color the character or mm-hmm. to flesh him out um, as yeah. not just some monster in a Santa suit.
1: Yeah, but it also kind of reinforces uh, what he's doing, yeah. right? It kind of it kind of yeah. like makes it makes it uh, in his head. The way that it feels to me is that in his head, this is okay because these are the things he's, that
0: he's taking care of the I'm bad being guys rewarded, and I'm rewarding, rewarding the good for kids. What I'm doing. Yeah. That's right.
1: But he's being rewarded as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, what else do we see? Here you got Here. Uh, the newsman's pretty amazing. He's pretty GGTMC. <laughs> New Jersey, Italy. Amazing. <laughs> um, the sax player in the band really looks like the dude that got scanned by Ironside at the beginning of Scanners. <laughs> I'm
1: pretty sure it's him. It very well could be. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was.
0: If this was shot in Toronto like I thought it was up until today for some reason, I'd bet the house on it. Because uh, he's Canadian. Uh, I guess I think he is. Um... Not a whole lot more to add. Um, no, we've kind of covered a lot of the ground, so I don't really have a whole lot more to add.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Uh, Make a Break for me is the church scene. Uh, I mean, like I said, this is the turning point of the film. It really hammers home uh, exactly how far this is going to go and what it means, um, particularly when you hear what Harry has to say in that scene. Uh, And plus, it's just damn satisfying uh, across the board for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, MVT is going to be Jackson. Uh, A little bit workman like, but extremely effective in his direction. And, you know, like we've been saying, there are occasional flashes of, uh, you know, uh, minor brilliance, uh, which I would have liked to have seen, you know, be more storied of a career uh, to develop that sort of thing. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get it, but what are you going to do? But yeah, no, he's the MVP for me. And scores, uh, it's, uh, yeah. You know, I'm going to go 6.75 out of 10.
0: Nice. Nice. I think it's someone like Jack Starrett, a guy who is very workman like, but always impressed me. You know, yeah. I feel like I had a career like that. Just a real touch for things. Uh, my make or break is the opening scene um, with Harry as an adult. Let me start to see the reality of things and it's just it's kind of sad right and it kind of sets this table up for us really really nicely uh mvt almost gonna go with jackson he wrote the film he directed it um heavily involved in the process um yeah which is you gotta reward that again using the logic I don't know well frankly we won't be able to it to him ever again so right right or almost certainly um
1: well, unless we do the Sandwich Nightmare movie.
0: Yes, very true. Um, my score for the film is an 8 out of 10. I really love this film. Wow, okay. It's, uh, I think it's excellent. And I do think it is workman. like I think that's a fair point. But I also feel like a lot of the stuff that it does, there's a lot of little things, like I said, the shaving came on the face, uh, the, the score, the record player kind of being wobbly, in the van, the van mm-hmm. itself, that ending, which is... Not open ending, open ended necessarily, but um, through the lead's eyes, it's it's you know mm-hmm, a, a picture gets painted, which I quite like that that's what that person perceives. So yeah, those are uh, that's it. That's all. Those are our scores and all that other good stuff. Emily, this one was for you. Would have loved to had her on to talk about this one. We're going to take a short break, so go out and buy this Blu-ray. I think even Arrow has it out, ironically. Um, Seven so have the old DVD, I think. Um, go out and buy it. It's a great one. Uh, and that's it. We're going to be right back.
2: Holy! the night before Christmas. And all through the hold house... it, now, wait, hold it. That's played out. Hit it! Shake it, gonna bake it, gonna make it good Gonna rock, chalk, rock it through your neighborhood Gonna read, gonna sing it till it's understood My rapping about to happen like a knee You were slapping or I thought you have been tapping on a hunk of wood But a red-suited dude with a friendly attitude And a slave full of booty for the people on the block Got a long white beard, maybe looks kind of weird And if you ever see him, he can give you quite a shock. Now people let me tell you about last year When the dude came flying over here Well the home was out, snow was on the ground Folks stayed in 240 down The beat was fan on the box And I was dancing in my sock And the drummer played at a solid pace And the taste of the bass was in my face
0: Elves, directed by Jeffrey Mandel Written by Jeffrey Mandel uh One key difference, though. No
1: Howie Mandel.
0: No Howie Mandel, and it stars Dan Haggerty. Yes. Grizzly. So this film, this feels like a full moon kind of <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jim Wynorski, you know, maybe a little more chast or a little drier Jim Wynorski film to me. Yeah. yeah. Um. It's, oh
1: yeah, D- Jim would have had way more oh, way
0: more i think there's only one or two titty shots there's the there's
1: thing. one there's you know, there's one chick that gets naked and it's the mom the
0: bath of the mom which is such a bizarre yeah. choice
1: i'll tell you what though she's got a lot yeah. to uh to work with there
0: Mom's has got it going on
1: uh, she, yeah
0: Yeah, no definitely um so this film you do you are you able to synopsize it's got a pretty bonkers synopsis
1: Yeah, uh, we could do this one. Uh, A young woman discovers that she is the focus of an evil Nazi experiment involving selective breeding and summoned elves. uh, An attempt to create a race of... Wow, this is horrible. uh, An attempt to create a race of supermen. She and two of her friends are trapped in a department store with an elf, and only Dan (laughs) Haggerty, as the renegade loose cannon Santa Claus can save them. That's... Man, people really got to work on these things. Mr. Moretti, please, let's... Step off. Let's not bury the lead here.
0: Yeah, scram. Yeah. Don't quit your day job.
1: <laughs> oh, dang um, he probably, Maybe he works for IMDb.
0: Oh, well, if he does, then fucking quit your day job.
1: <laughs> yeah, buddy.
0: Oh, oh, man. Okay, so this one, um, 89. VHS is kind of starting to wind down at this point, right? Like. Yep. Uh, what DVD in sort of mass quantity was 91, 92 or so, give or take, sort to really push. So, this is at the back end of the VHS boom. Uh, um, this one is on YouTube, we should say. I don't know that this one has ever had any sort of a decent release.
1: Uh, not that I'm aware of. Not that I really think it deserves it either.
0: Interestingly, Lewis Jackson and Jeffrey Mandel both wrote and directed their films this week. Um, two auteurs. Two auteurs. Mandel has some pretty GGTMC stuff in his filmography, though.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, a couple of them.
0: Cyber chic.
1: <laughs>
0: Let's take a gander. Man, that's a great poster.
1: Ooh, firehead.
0: Starring Burt sounds... Ward, Kathy Shower, Jennifer.
1: Firehead Dillon. sounds like a venereal disease.
0: It sure does. Sounds like a bad one. Um, turn around. Yeah. Be better if I was gonna cool reach around.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would like okay. to see Dan Haggerty in that
0: one. <laughs> man, just smoking his face <laughs> off.
1: Holy fuck. Dan
0: Haggerty loves to smoke. He, man.
1: he even brings the fucking carton with him wherever he goes. He does.
0: He's got a carton up his sleeve. So let's uh, let's get in. Let me get into this one. Okay, so Triangle Films, put this one out. Triangle films. Um Mark of excellence. Mark of excellence. The gold standard, if you will. Now, uh, what did I put here? I put, it's not a very promising note. First note is lazy-ass full moon score. <laughs> so, yeah, this film kind of has, you know, as much as the last film The score enhanced the film, the score for this one really does feel like a lazy-ass full moon score. Oh, like, who was gosh. it? Band's brother did it?
1: I believe what it mean? was Albert. Not Albert. Uh, Robert? Uh, Robert. I don't. I don't remember. I, <laughs> I don't do know remember. that band, uh, the band brothers do have their own little uh, cottage industry there.
0: Yeah, they do. Um, it feels really <laughs> music. Really, really feels like that. Um, the girls do a blood pact. Yeah, which I thought only twelve-year-old boys did in horror films.
1: <laughs> well, how about? I mean, that that whole. My hand got cramped within the first five minutes of this movie from writing shit down because yeah. it's just i mean that's almost all of my notes it's just the dumb shit going on in this movie there's a lot of uh, dumb i mean shit. They're, they're sisters of anti-christmas which sounds oh, like you man. know it's, it's such a made-up kind of you know it's like a it's, it's
0: like, like no man 12 year old
1: yeah it's something a 12 year old would come up with or something
0: it does it feels like these girls like it just they're, they're kind of tone deaf as to what Teenage girls were actually doing.
1: Yeah, and I don't think any girl ever, ever has said girls are the master race.
0: No, that's ridiculous. Yeah, right? Absolutely ridiculous. Um, fast acting. I don't know what that <laughs> means. Um, I don't remember. Or if the girl gets in, Kirsten gets in the house, man, and grandpa don't play. No. Oh. You can't be tardy to grandpa's party no 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 he will not How be about, happy I,
1: I love the way that he says let's wash it with a smile uh when he's talking about her uh, the cut on her hand oh it's just, man it's, it's like so fucking creepy
0: yeah he's uh he's so gross
1: <laughs>
0: that's the understatement uh he looks like a really gross older joey silvera that's wheelchair <laughs> bound and germanic like it's just he's so gross And these these are just the most. And was it her? Forgive me, I can't remember. Was it her mother or grandmother?
1: Uh, It was her mother.
0: So she's got the most unsympathetic set of like protectors or whatever you want to say, guardians in the history of cinema. Her mother's so unsympathetic. Um, The grandfather is unbelievably so, especially when you find out um, some things about Kirsten's backstory. Uh, and I'll tell you what, they got like a really brutal, shitty, ruthless method of uh, of parenting and discipline because
2: yeah,
0: I think right? she comes in like five minutes late or something, and they fucking snap, and I think the mother says, that's it, uh, your savings account's done, it's yeah. emptied, it's all ours. Yep. It's like, man, you're just looking for any excuse to drain that fucking fund.
1: Yep, it's like, mom, if you need it alone, just ask.
0: Yeah. Yeah, brutal.
1: Um, well, that's—I mean—that's certainly not the the, uh, the only depth that mom will sink to in this film.
0: Oh man, yeah, no, she's uh, she's something else. I don't know who it is, but someone—I put a quote down here. The quote was "big fucking tits." Who says that? <laughs> yes, yes. Haggerty. Yes. that sounds like a Haggerty line, maybe. I don't know, but uh, no. maybe not. Not doesn't at all. You know, I got to tell you—you you know what Dan Haggerty is to me. Dan Haggerty is to B-movies what Kenny Rogers is to country music.
1: <laughs> or, or chicken.
0: Yes. Yes. It's true, but I just feel like he fits into that kind of friendly, kind yeah. of works this beardy, sexy angle thing without being overt about it. And Yep, yep. He always has a smile laid back. Um... Now, you talked about the mother, and I don't think it's a spoiler to talk about what I... F- I-, I hate to use this word. But I think this word's applicable when it comes to her, based on her actions. Mm -hmm. Man, the mother's a straight-up cunt. Oh yeah. She fucking doesn't she drown the cat?
1: Yeah. Not only does she drown the cat, but she drowns it in the toilet rather than in in, the toilet. The tub. Yeah. Or why not just which should be adjacent to a fucking toilet? Why not just throw it
0: uh, outside? Yeah. Or something.
1: Or drown the cat. You know, throw it in a fucking creek or something.
0: Yeah. Drowned it in a toilet. What a repulsive way to kill an animal.
1: Yeah, right? And don't She's got to be sticking her fucking hands in there. I
0: oh, don't know if she's
1: using 2,000 flushes.
0: She probably isn't.
1: No, she's not. She's, she's completely gross. against she's it. It's verboten.
0: It is forbidden for sure, man. Um, worst... What's this say? Poo. Oh, the worst beard and wig game in the history of department, san- department store Santas? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember how bad it was now. It's been a little while, but uh must have been bad. Worst. Oh, with the grandfather. Is it worse accent or the worst accent?
1: Dude, he faded in and out of that fucking accent, like, constantly.
0: It was German while this... it was supposed to be German.
1: Well, yeah. So sometimes it's like it's German, like you know Peter Sellers, Doctor Strange, like no, German. Big and then, time! And other times it's just kind of like Midwestern, and then other times it's just kind like of yeah. it's, it's all over the fucking place.
0: Other times yeah, got to s- dial it in. He does. Other times, yeah, it's like, oh man, <laughs> it is. It's it, other times it's sort of very Midwestern-y, kind of Swedish. Um, <laughs> midwestern-y kind of you know second generation uh, Swedish American or something I don't know it just yeah,
1: yeah yeah like one step away from Fargo kind of yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah it's yeah. not very good at all um, how about you know Haggerty's <laughs> Haggerty's so good at the library you know he get he rolls in there and
1: <laughs>
0: he finds that college book on mystical symbols and rites in no time. He remembers it from college, I think he even says.
1: <laughs> oh, I
0: remember this one from college.
1: I don't know what sort of black
0: velvet paintings and uh, roach clips he was dabbling with, but. I don't <laughs> well, know. yeah,
1: we don't know what was in the cigarettes that he's always huffing
0: on. No, oh, man, he's
1: always smoking. He's
0: always smoking.
1: <laughs> I, you know, th- you really got to wonder if uh, he likes detecting or smoking more. Yeah. Because he does both a lot. And it, he
0: just—he seems like an addict more than he seems cool when he's smoking.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's like constantly jonesing.
0: Yeah, he doesn't seem like cool bogey smoking or
1: yeah.
0: Alain Delon. Like, he's just – he just – no.
1: He just needs his fix, like, constantly.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, here's – I said this. You know, I did a Christmas no, – night. I did it. I volunteered a Christmas luncheon every year at my kid's school. And, uh, you know, naturally a lot of people wore Christmas sweaters. So I have a, a, a nice – uh, quote unquote ugly but I think it's beautiful uh, Green Bay Packers Christmas cardigan now I was standing there with this uh, this mother this Portuguese woman nice woman and we're serving the food to the kids and her face is getting redder and redder and redder and she's dying and I said man it's, it's I said you see you're wearing a sweater I said I wore a cardigan and I put a shirt underneath I said let me tell you words to live by and this is a GG pro tip and I might have even said this one before, but I'm not playing, man. This is a good one. Never, ever wear a sweater without a T-shirt underneath. Because then you have no ace up your sleeve, and you are going to melt and be so gross. <laughs> How <laughs> can true, you not true. leave yourself an out?
1: Nah, you got it. Yeah, you get into a place where it's just fucking nuts to butts or oh, you know, the heat's gosh. blast. And then... It's gross. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but someone does that in this film. I mean, that's a faux pas. I (laughs) can't remember who it was now, but someone did. Uh, We talked about this feeling like a very dry version of a Jim Wynorski film. Um, The elves, we talk about the elves, the titular elves. So these things, I feel like... Or elf, really, right? Yes. Ideally, in a a perfect world, if things had went according to plan, Mm -hmm. would have been elves, but it's elf. Uh, So this elf, I feel like they had a really great-looking like, shoulders-up um, kind of mold of, of like, a, an elfy kind of monster. And they just kind of roll with that. a lot of shots. You see, like, the feet walking a little bit, and then you see, like, an elf from the shoulders up.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's it. Well, it, it's kind of... The thing... I, I actually thought that the, the... the elf itself was... The elf itself.
0: Elf itself. The
1: elf itself is on a shelf. Um, it is. Was uh, was actually pretty horrible. It was... For me, uh, about sub-John Carl Beegler level of uh, special mm-hmm. effects. Um, and, you know, he's... Because the, 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 the face is immobile.
0: It's just oh, got yeah. a permanent
1: scream like mouth breather thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the the hands, you know, you'll see every now and then. Although I did... And I don't know if this was sure just... If this actually happened or whether this was the shitty copy that I was watching. Um... But I, it looked like there was some stop motion going on with the hands, mm-hmm. at a couple it points is. here and there. Uh, and I'm not sure if that was, you know, just an in camera thing, or if there was actually stop motion. If there was stop motion, good on them. Uh, if not, they fooled me, and good on them. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, overall, it's just, it's, I found the the, the monster to be unsatisfying, mm-hmm. uh, completely. And plus, and plus, it, it almost, it almost seems to be tangential to the oh, whole fucking thing
0: which is the big sort of nazi occult subplot of master race and like mm-hmm. the, the the monster itself and what it's doing really take a back seat oh big time to Hagerty's detective work to the like really gross i don't even think we've mentioned it like the like the molesting german silvera grandfather yep like it just, see, Circle sure gets a square on that one.
1: The judges <laughs> accept
0: that answer. Um, but yeah. I'll take
1: Gilbert Godfrey for the win.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, this, mod, this elf, I think the face, I do think it looks all right. I do. But it just, there's no really good kill. I mean, it's all very stiff and. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean. Well, it,
1: it, it, I think that more than anything else, aside from. Show, I, I think that, A it's poorly used it's poorly shot and it's poorly edited they did the wrong thing by showing us shots of it that are way too long uh and don't match with anything else so the thing sometimes looks like it's like six foot tall then it looks like it's two foot tall then it looks like it's 12 inches tall and and it, it, it doesn't really work there's no it doesn't sense really work. of scale it, it for the length, well there's that and I mean, we just see too goddamn much of something that's not well made, in my opinion.
0: It's almost uh, like, a, did you mention Night Demon or oh, Night Demon? Um, fuck uh, the the melted Snick Twix bar. Oh. <laughs> What's the one with like the sheriff who has the sex scene?
1: Oh, oh, Night Beast.
0: Night Beast. Did you mention Night Beast?
1: I thought Night Beast was better. Than I his. thought
0: Night Beast looks like Rick. Like talk about Rick Baker. Oh yeah. Night Beast looks like Rick Baker. Like american werewolf (laughs) compared to this shit
1: oh big time big time but yeah i think it's more i think that it could have been it could have been effective uh if uh mandel had you know been a little smarter about how he used it it could have been it isn't it's way too blatant it's way too you know it's so it's like getting uh uh you know a couple of slices of bologna fired at your head Oh, Montreal, yeah. And you're just sitting there minding your business and all of a sudden. Yeah, I'm just saying.
0: Time. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking about that monster stock. It, like, it would just kind of like – it was like almost like they had like the well, –
1: And it walks like a Muppet.
0: Well, I was about to say it almost feels like they had like a broom, like one of those long like janitor brooms. Yeah, yeah. And they just kind of – press the shoulders of this because I think the shoulders up right so they pressed their shoulders over the broom and then someone off outside of the frame was just going dum 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 dum, yep. dum holding the yep. broom kind of pushing through the scene
1: you could absolutely see that
0: absolutely um, so let's see here okay what else do we got I wrote in red as was being festive um. The girls are very annoying. Like, they're really annoying.
1: Yeah, they, they really, really, really are.
0: Yeah, no, they are. They're, they're just, well, like I like said, they're, they're just, weird kind of 12 years old, or they, you know... Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, they, <laughs> I, there's the, the no way slash way conversation. Uh, I don't know if you remember that part. No way, way, no way.
0: Oh, oh man.
1: Oh. See, at
0: least if you have... Like at least you're gonna be Wynorski. I mean, listen, Wynorski knows what where his bread is buttered. Oh yeah, he's gonna give you ridiculous scenes in the bathtub where, you know, one character will already be naked. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's prime I think it's in like Slumber Party Massacre two or one of those Sorority House Massacre, one of those classics. This this encapsulates Wynorski to me, where we already get like the we're already like getting one girl doing the the sudsy kind of bathtub thing, right? Yeah. And we're we're peering in on her. And we get the POV stuff, the breathing coming up the stairs, the bathroom door opens. And uh, so ridiculous, man, so shoehorned. No one shamelessly shoehorns in nudity better than Mornorski. No. Um and so the girl in the bathtub starts, she goes, Oh I thought you were Clive Hockstetter, the, the killer. And the girl in the doorway kind of seductively looks at her, takes off her shirt and goes, do I look like Clive Hockstetter to you? I mean that kind of <laughs> shit. There was none of that.
1: No. So no. I mean, you know, what are you well, going for? These, you... these girls. I mean, they get in a little bit of lingerie, but that's about it.
0: Well, that's about it. If you're going to deal with molestation and like, ch- like inbred children for you know, bred for like, sort of master race occulty stuff and and elves and you know, I mean, yeah. you got to push your sleaze quotient up a little bit. Oh, big time. You know, big it, it time. just it Really, I mean, like, like
1: we've been saying, there's one, there's one woman that gets naked in the in the whole thing, and it's Nazi mom. Yeah, um, which yeah, I was okay I mean, with. That yeah, was
0: an interesting she, choice, listen, but
1: she's got a rockin' body,
0: man. Sammy, I mean, uh, it's a
1: it, it's a little too little, little too late.
0: It is, Sam, song. yeah. Sammy would have been good with that. You know, Google <laughs> search. What's great about her bathtub scene uh, is that she rubs like she seductively. Or tries to seductively, and it's really a bizarre scene. She kind of smears all the lipstick off her face with the bathtub water. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I
0: don't know what direction she was giving in that given in that scene, but well, I before don't
1: know. before that, she's smearing the lipstick on her face,
0: right? Yeah. Well, she's putting it on like clown makeup. It's yeah, just,
1: yeah. Well, because she's finally lost her marbles. Or what marble she had? The marble that she had.
0: <laughs> let me tell you. Let me ask you this, man.
1: And I will tell you this: the, the woman who plays uh, that, Deanna Lund, or Deena Lund, Deanna yeah, Lund. Yeah. Uh, she was not only on Land of the Giants, but she was in a movie called Boned in 2015. Which. Wow. Uh, wait, let me check. Oh, she
0: out. was in Hammerhead with Daniel Green, the Angel Castellari film.
1: She was in Superstition 2, Of
0: and all she, things. Doctor Goldfoot in the Bikini Machine. That I believe. Wow. Transylvania Twist.
1: <laughs> Incredible. Sting Sting of Death. That uh, of death. Oh, uh William Grief uh movie about the jellyfish man.
0: She was on Batman as I guess a villain named Anagram. Nice. Is, is that a real like villain?
1: Uh she's probably the uh the sidekick to somebody like uh, the Riddler, I would imagine.
0: That's sad that would make sense, wouldn't it?
1: Oh yeah, because she was in a riddling controversy. Yeah.
0: Oh uh, there you go. There you go. Um There's a, can I ask you was Haggerty smoking a roach whilst evading gunfire at one point?
1: <laughs> I, I do believe he, there's not a single scene nor shot where there's not a cigarette either in his mouth or in his hand.
0: You know what he reminds me of in this film? He rem- I've said he reminds me of <laughs> sort of Kenny Rogers, but he also reminds me of the love child of Baymax and the dude from um, Big Lebowski.
1: <laughs> he's kind
0: of like this weird love child of them. Um, oh, what else? The professor in this is like Jack Black.
1: <laughs> well, I put – yeah, no, the, the university librarian guy, yeah. I, I put down that it was uh, the Oliver Platt role of the film.
0: Totally the Oliver Platt role.
1: Yeah, he's way too sprightly, that guy. Yeah, he is.
0: Way too sprightly. He is. He's just – yeah, big time, man. Big time. Um, I love the line – you're attractive, bright, impulsive, narcissistic, just like your father. <laughs> Amazing, man. Amazing.
1: Uh, what is this? Oh,
0: asylum. Haggerty Asylum.
1: Haggerty Asylum.
0: Haggerty Asylum. I think I was trying to say there was, I don't know, there was some, it doesn't matter. Uh, the elves. Oh, there was a really gross ass ponytail on one of the hitmen.
1: Oh, yeah. Some
0: white, like, 80s hitmen were really fucking gross. What the
1: fuck,
0: man? (laughs) They look like the dudes that are always in the back of, like, a bukkake scene jerking off in, like, the
1: 80s. (laughs) Just, they're not... That's, that's, like,
0: the highlight, man. he's
1: he's always the most intense motherfucker. He is. He is. He's fucking... He's like, oh, just going to turn around now. (laughs) Yeah. He's
0: always... Yeah, he's always flexing his his dimply ass.
1: Two... Two hair styles that uh, I completely regret to this day the mullet <laughs> and the skullet that I had. You
0: had ooh, and you the had skullet, a skullet. came eh? with a
1: nice long ponytail.
0: You, so, oh, man. that's you will amazing. never see a picture of that. Oh, Todd. I had my hair, the one I regret the most. <laughs> Was I had my whole head shaved, except I had bangs down to like almost my chin.
1: <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ.
0: That was horrible.
1: That's fucking wrong.
0: Man, that was horrible. But I never had a rat tail. I'm proud to say, I'm proud to say, I never had a rat tail.
1: I didn't have a rat tail. I did have a ponytail.
0: I had a mullet. I had a mullet for a while.
1: Oh, big time. Well, if you're if you're really nice, maybe I'll try and dig up like my eighth.
0: Dude, you have to. Sure. I want someone to write in the thread for this this uh, episode though. It, confess and please, if you can, provide a photo. Yes. A vec rat tail.
1: Yeah.
0: Rat tails were the worst, man. Oh my god. But I'll give them respect for being honest about the rat tail. Hey,
1: you know, if you own it, then.
0: Yeah, you own it, man. Forever. Yeah, no, for sure. Um. The Doctor... Acula? Doctor Acula. Is that what it was? No. Dawn Elves' his assassination, something. Oh, Haggerty. Why did I put Haggerty as, like, baby goose? Uh. Haggerty's a man of many seasons Cause... and many colors, apparently. Oh, I don't know why. Why did I say that? Because
1: he looks soft as goose down?
0: Maybe. There's a scene when he's... It's actually reminiscent of Drive when it's like the nighttime beach beatdown
2: yeah yeah what
0: perlman gets i don't know maybe that's where ref got it from oh i put there was (laughs) that erotic face wash uh nazi titties
1: Uh, oh yeah i wrote down swastika tits yeah
0: yeah that's great (laughs) um those are really all my notes
1: okay all right cool um I got a couple of things to to point out here. Uh, Number one is that uh, the first thing that most people are going to bring up who have any sort of knowledge about this kind of thing is a book called The Little People by John Christopher uh, from 1966. Uh, and Basically, it's it's along the lines of this. It has elves – or, I'm sorry, leprechauns, I believe in that, uh, and Nazis. And from my understanding of it, I haven't read it. Uh, It's not as good as the – the cover makes it look uh but one of the things is that that book uh actually kind of spun off well not really spun off inspired uh chris claremont uh when he was writing x-men, Candy, X-Men.
0: yep nice uh,
1: and there's a there's a, a couple of issues uh when they're all in um who is it uh, sean cassidy's castle and they're being attacked by uh sean cassidy uh,
0: Ban- is a banshee banshee yeah yeah uh
1: they're being attacked by uh black tom cassidy and juggernaut mm-hmm. and uh, you know Uh, Nightcrawler gets knocked out, and he gets carried away by a bunch of leprechauns. And it was uh, inspired, uh, or at least as far as I know it was inspired, or I like to think that it was inspired by little people uh, from John Christopher. So that's a little point of interest there. Um, In the opening shot, there's (laughs) that virgin pinup slash cheesecake drawing.
0: Oh, man. (laughs) It's like
1: it's the the biggest titted virgin pinup shot I've ever seen this side of, like, Lady Death or something like that.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Um, oh, uh, Kirsten's uh, little brother is a teenage mutant ninja pervert. Big time, uh, and, yeah. <laughs> and this, oh my god, dude, that kid—he needs to go, you know, stick it in a fucking knothole in a fence somewhere. Uh, he and does. The, the whole idea of like this, uh, this sort of not really appropriate kind of shit going on in the family is not helped in any way with his sister wrestling him on the bed.
0: Nope.
1: Um, when the elf when we do get the Elf POV shots it looks like he has cataracts oh totally uh, does dude it, it, that was uh, a
0: cumbersome if you're gonna make a master race you're gonna give them cataracts yeah right and stiff like a lack of mobility <laughs> and fluidity and movement
1: buddy if that's what you're fucking aiming for you that bar is low
0: yeah
1: um Dan Haggerty is the most casual job seeker in the history of cinema
0: oh man he's just yeah just floating around town <laughs> taking each day as it comes
1: yeah <laughs> he's like man you know I need a job <laughs> yeah not so much he seems uh,
0: Dan Haggerty and Leta, he feels like he's just made to be he's in he's just Hallmark made to kind movies. of wander yeah yeah
1: right yeah uh, every single person in the movie is just unpleasant, uh, and, you know, all that really is is to make us cheer, uh, when they die, um, and that's pretty much this movie. Oh, I found out that you spit blood when you're stabbed in the balls. You would have thunk. I never would have thought that, no. apparently. It is true. Uh, Dan loves talking to himself almost as much as he loves smoking. Man. Dude, he talks to himself constantly. Like, it's always like... Oh, I left
0: the keys back there. What am I going to do now? He does. He does. He totally does.
1: Constantly. Constantly. The movie's a little bit like... um, One of the best comparisons I could come up with was it's the boys from Brazil meets hobgoblins. (laughs) Um, If you're looking for a a quick and easy elevator pitch for this thing. Nice. Uh, Let's see. Oh! (laughs) It was a good one. If Dave actually has a yard in his pants, uh, he has a career ahead of him and too much dick. You remember that part of the show yeah. where the the girls were talking about the guys? It's like somebody's hard, but Dave's got a yard, and it's like, oh my god!
0: Yeah, it was really Dude, weird dialogue. You
1: try to get, listen a yard a yard a dick is too much for him and for her. A B, you try and fill that thing up, and you would pass the fuck out from loss of blood to your brain. Ah, uh, yeah. I am just pointing it out as a medical professional. Uh dan Haggerty's pinky ring game and bracelet oh, game is on for Freud. real
0: I, that's what i wrote that's why i wrote down stuntman mike <laughs> it all makes sense he see he can roll with like uh, the jerry lewis and the stuntman mike's the roll with like the pinky rings and the bracelets yeah. and what's well, that turquoise uh, too. the turquoise yes i was about to say it was turquoise man
1: well that's because he's a nature boy yeah you that's right dan, that's right <laughs> amazing uh, the one girl has no idea what a fucking Mexican standoff is. No. Uh, she brings it up though. Uh, no. It's a Mexican standoff. It's like, not so, exactly, not even close. Uh, when Gramps asks whose house, uh, I instantly say Russ house in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just <laughs> putting that one out there. Uh, there's the oh, there's the uh, over by the rifles in the department store. It says gift ideas for mom. For I got a kick out of that one.
0: Ridiculous.
1: <laughs> uh, if nothing else, um, the film just throws caution to the wind uh, in certain ways. I mean, it just is is balls to the wall uh, yeah. as far as just ridiculousness. Uh, but there's nothing there's nothing ground in it, nothing all that compelling about any of it because it's just a sea of like items uh, floating through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. none of it really makes any sense none of it is trying to make any sense none of it is is really all that concerned with any other piece or trying to uh, to tie it all together there's no thread No. Um, oh I was wondering if the uh, the cops actually left the dead body unattended at a crime scene overnight or if that was supposed to be the coroners uh, because there's <laughs> one scene where the girl goes and, and looks at the body and it was just like or no I, I, no I think the well somebody goes and looks at the body and i was just like it looked exactly like it was when it was in the department store yeah uh, there's uh, biblical references to the elves which is a bit of a huge fucking leap um, oh, the yeah. uh, apparently uh, they apparently got on uh, noah's ark for those that didn't know you have a a plot twist that uh, robert town would be proud of um and i'll just let that one there uh <laughs> I had no idea why this thing was longer than 80 minutes, dude. This fucking thing, I think, clocked in at on my television. It was like an hour and 38. Yeah. I think the version on YouTube is an hour and 38 minutes long. There's oh, man. No fucking way. This thing should be longer. It should than
0: 80 be minutes. an hour and 28 max.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but when you, I mean, when you get really right down to it, uh, it's. What the, what this is is it's a fun pulp plot in a really poor movie. Yes. Uh, at the end of the day. Oh, and another thing is it just ends. It just stops.
0: The movie yeah, just fucking stops. It is dead. a weird sort of abrupt ending.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it just it, it's a disappointment for all the elements that it has going on, and it could have had, and it could have done something with it. Really, it almost tries hard not to. hmm Um, and it really was kind of a disappointment in that way. I mean. For for fans of absolute garbage, uh, they'll find a lot to uh, they'll find a lot to, to pick up. I mean, there is a lot of there's a, there's a lot of fun stuff uh, in this thing to pick apart and to to kind of you know goof on. Um, but as far as like an actual viewing experience, eh, it's disappointing. Um,
0: well, I agree because there's fun that we there's films we watch that are you know they're low budget, but they're like the Italian, at least the Castorei films.
1: Sure. I mean there's
0: certain levels of competence there, but I mean there's there's stuff that can be considered sort of trashy. Robbie fun. We can have fun with this. Doesn't this doesn't mean it's a yeah. fun film.
1: No. No, no, no. No, it, it's more fun to yeah, it's more fun to just pick it apart, really. Um it it almost it, well, it doesn't, it doesn't almost. It invites it. Um it, you know, it this is the kind of movie that you know really invites being kicked in the teeth. Uh, because it's just it just doesn't work, and no. and the thing is that you know for all of the all of the things going on it, that it could have I, I this is the thing that always crushes me about uh, genre cinema is when they have all the L, they have all the ingredients of the recipe and they can't make a fucking quiche with it.
0: Oh, and I know that, and that, that, that's, that's a great. Uh, that always
1: uh, kills me. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah that, that's pretty much all the notes that I got it's uh, yeah not that great a movie
0: no yeah I'm with you okay so let's get in and make our breaks MBTs. we gotta get to bed there's a fucking pile of snow coming here tonight oh is there oh man
1: yeah how much uh,
0: let me do the conversion it'll make for a fun commute let's see uh, about six inches Ah, that's not bad. Oh, that's not nothing though, if for a city commute, rush hour traffic.
1: No, oh, that'll suck.
0: Yeah, that will suck. You get anything over like, uh, dude, you get over
1: a fucking inch and people forget how to people drive.
0: People lose their mind.
1: Oh my god, you got some asshole over in the passing lane who wants to do two miles an hour, and that's then you terrible. got the fucking the trailer in the right-hand lane that uh, wants to do eighty. Yep. Every yep. time.
0: No, that's true. Um. Alright, so make or break Gosh I think what broke it for me was The lack of sleaze or violence That's not really one scene But oh, That's kind of a cheat, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Uh, I think it's a fair one though.
0: I don't know, I'm going to go with that Forget it, it's Christmas My Christmas <laughs> wish was to break a rule of the show um, I just feel like a film like this, like you said, you got the quiche, all the ingredients, but somehow it just shits the bed and it goes flat in yeah. the pan. It's like a souffle that just Yep. You know, it's too bad. MVT. This creme
1: ain't brulee.
0: It's certainly not brulee. I would say Haggerty's my MVT. I mean, he has fun. He's got an easygoing charm to him. Yeah. He's well cast in the role. I mean, you could have gone with someone a lot less likable. and I really would have tuned out fast. Um, because the girl, like, no, there's no attempt to give anyone any sort of likability. Um, Haggerty's just naturally likable, so he kind of falls into being, you know, what it is. Uh, my score for the film is, uh, I'll give it a five and a half. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's it's really not fun. And it's it's competent, but it's, you know, it's like really low rent, full moon stuff, you know. And yeah. it, it just it is what it is. All right, cool. And I, just, I don't hate it, certainly. It's been enough fun with it. We got some laughs but sure. with the right crowd, but it's not fun in itself. Well, it itself. absolutely
1: needs the right crowd. Yeah. yeah. Um, Make or Break for me is the opening. I think that it really telegraphs how on the nose and clunky this thing is going to be. Um, like, right from Jump Street, you know exactly mm-hmm. what you're getting. Um, MVT is the plot. Like I've been saying, I, I think it is a, a decent plot in search of a good movie and didn't find one it found elves yeah. um score for me is a five out of ten it's um yeah what it's, do you know <laughs> <laughs> i made it all the way to the end i'll put it that way yes uh, you know w- will i be revisiting this anytime soon no uh would, it, would i recommend this for people who want to watch a piece of trash yeah yeah and especially around the holidays if they're interested um you know if somebody has like a bunch of friends over want to have you know eggnog and uh, pizza or whatever Ooh, that sounds horrible doesn't it <laughs> um but uh, yeah no it, it, as far as that would be you could have some fun with it you're not gonna you might feel bad about yourself at the end but you might not
0: yeah but
1: yeah it's, it's just not good
0: no i mean this i think was screening in la at I- was it CineFamily Family or New Bev or something? Okay. Maybe not. I know. I know one of the theaters out there. Right, right. So you know, you'd have fun with the crowd, maybe. But to me, yeah, Alan with, the I'm crowd, with the crowd, with the crowd.
1: Sure. Yeah, I could see that. Sure. Well, this guys. Would also, it would also be, you know, it would also be, you know, a lot of yelling at the screen and that sort of thing. So. There would be. Oh, yeah. There would be.
0: Um, that's the big show uh, next week. We're gonna have what? Crimes of Passion and.
1: Uh, bu- bu- buh, property is no longer property, or property is is no longer, longer Theft.
0: Uh, that's gonna be coming next to you guys and your ear holes your buttholes if that's how you listen won't get much listening done but you get some good vibrations I guess uh, <laughs> as the Beach Boys once speaking said the vibrations. speaking of vibrations um, I want to take this opportunity to wish everyone a very happy holiday season whether you celebrate Christmas or not um, I hope that you all can find time to be with loved ones um, Eat, drink, be merry. I do mean that when I say that. I think it's important. Uh, even if it's, you know, family is what you define. It doesn't have to be blood. It can be friends. It can be a, a pets. It can be people that you ha- go to a community center with. Whatever it is, find that solace, not warmth, not love uh, this holiday season. Uh, it's very important to avoid people from getting down and, and really accentuating maybe what they don't have this time of year. Um, and do and help others please get out there make the world a better place I I don't want to be preachy but um, I always tell my sons the world's a much better place when everyone does a little bit more so um, yeah that's it on mine anything you want to add?
1: Um, not really although to mimic on uh, something that you said and kind of give it a little bit of a spin uh, as Mo Howard would say uh, (laughs) eat drink and beat Larry
0: yeah. So. Yeah, if that's what you call them.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, all right. So, uh, ladies, gentlemen, there's one thing left to say.
1: Adios. Ho,
2: ho, 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 ho. Ho, ho. Adios. singing you silly bucket what me teach you how to sing well i don't know if i cannot you see it's rather complicated but perhaps i can explain music if i try to sing you the explanation you see there's a kind of sound you won't find in your men recall when you add a note to one you sounded just before and another one after that and then another three or more and suddenly you are singing notes galore oh no r2 it's more there's a kind of feeling when you sing a melody and another person sings along in it's the loveliest thing that you can do to make your voice sound grand The good things are the things you never will understand. If you could only give it a try and see if they're true, Your voice would float like a feather and we'd sing together hard 2 Just get your circuits buzzed, a mere half dozen will do. If you can get them ringing then we all will be singing with you. Now sing, our 2 Yes, that's a good start, but try putting the notes where they belong, again. That's much better. But never give up till you know that you're singing a perfect song. We know that you can do it, that you get through it our two. Your every friend is better, there's a great poet beside you. <laughs> Don't feel up now, you're flying so high, you're up in the blue. Just keep that music coming and we'll be humming with you. Oh dear, let me see now. Yes. Just imagine someone who does not know how to love. Would you teach him how to do it with a photograph or a diagram of the human brain or some such silly scheme? Never tickle his funny bone and watch him scream. <laughs> well, the same is true of music, as I think,
1: you see, it's a little more than someone saying